We are very fortunate uh, to be joined today by Joseph Carr, the amazing, uh, amazingly talented founder of Josh Sellers, uh, someone who uh, I admire as an entrepreneur and as an individual overall. Um, I'm very fortunate to have had him on the show. He was one of our early guests. Uh, you know, he spends his time uh, half in uh, the Cape and uh, half in Nantucket. And uh, I'm sure the other half, we have three halves here, uh, in, in Napa Valley, you know, and we spoke about a lot of really terrific things. Uh, we spoke about what the meaning behind the brand of Josh Sellers is, what um, the impact that his father has had on growing this brand, uh, the impact his wife has had on growing the brand, and really just kind of his mindset when it came to creating something from nothing. You know, he uh, he walks us through his feelings and his emotions as to what it's like to start a wine brand and a wine label. And, uh, you know, you can tell that he gets into uh, some very tumultuous spots, but he understands that if we just stay authentic and stay on brand and just really move forward with what we believe in our hearts, uh, things are going to work out okay. And, you know, he was, uh, he, he gave us his all, he gave us his heart. You know, he really opened up to me, which, uh, w which is amazing. And you can't ask for any more than that. Uh, when it comes to having guests, you know, he's, uh, he's an amazing individual. And uh, like I said, uh, he's, I look up to him a lot. You know, I think it's terrific to have someone who, uh, you know, kind of took, uh, you know, kind of caution and threw it to the wind to start something amazing. So like I said, Joseph Carr joins us today, uh, founder of Josh Sellers, amazing individual. They do a lot of great charity work. And, uh, you know, without further ado, uh, here's my interview with Joseph Carr. How have you been? How's everything? Are, are you in uh, Nantucket? Uh, I'm actually in, I'm in Cape Cod. I, I okay. live uh, in Dennis. I spent a lot of time in Nantucket. Um, and uh, I haven't been able to get back to Napa Valley for a couple of months now. So I'm, I'm getting a little antsy. So. I, I can imagine. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the vineyard myself. So I've been up there quite, quite a few times. Yeah, well, everybody out there is just hunkered down. They're doing a great job. It's, but it's been... You know, it's challenging, like, but everybody's challenged, so we're not alone. You know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Of course, absolutely. Now, you know, I got a couple of questions regarding, obviously, the Josh brand and things like that. But um, just to kind of kick it off, and we'll kind of go, we'll touch upon this topic briefly. What, what were your kind of, how it affects, you know, I imagine the growing process and things like that in Napa Valley. What was your initial reaction to hearing about it? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch the first part there. Kind of, you yep. kind of. Nope. It was um, pretty much what, what was your initial reaction uh, to hearing about the COVID-19 virus and kind of what your first kind of thought process was as it affected Northern California and things like that? Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the virus and all that was very personal first and foremost. Uh, business was kind of really uh, on the back burner. Of course at the beginning and you know, my mom's 87 years old, you know, my, um, just had her birthday and, and, um, you know, we're gonna have my twin sisters, my twin sister's birthdays next week and not gonna be able to see them, uh, wouldn't be able to see my daughter. So but first it was very personal. And then you have to think about your business and uh, the business, of course, I mean, everyone's impacted. Um, We've been pretty fortunate. We were able to keep our operations going uh, to a certain extent, but everybody really adhering to um, safety. Um, and it just, um, you know, it's, I, I lived through 9-11 and this, this is, is, I can't compare it, but it's really pretty crazy. 
It is. It, it's definitely a Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, we're just, we have so many great people that work with us that uh, we're all talking to one another. We're all making sure everybody's okay, first and foremost. And then, okay, what do we need to do today? What needs to be done today? And how can we do it? And, you know, sales are, sales of one and, and alcohol are, are enormous right now. I mean, the, the and it's really big and we have to make sure that the people that are implementing all this first and foremost are safe and, and be, be able to keep up with it. Absolutely. Now there's been some discussion about the hospitality space. I know obviously you are directly involved with it, but I mean, you know, kind of more so on the spirit side, but you know, the, the discussion has been underlying how long will it really take you think for this consumer confidence to come back when people go into restaurants and fine dining establishments? Well, you know, I grew up in the restaurant business. Mm -hmm. These are my people. I mean, I, I was in restaurants for 10 years as a sommelier. I was, a, you know, I started as a bus boy and a waiter and, and a lot of my friends that, um, I worked alongside now own restaurants. So, I mean, I'm still really close to them and we, you know, our brands are, are very much, um, favored by restaurants and, and 95% of them are closed. So, yeah. I mean, the heart, your heart goes out for them. We, um, we jumped in and, and donated a hundred thousand dollars to the, uh, restaurant, um, restaurant, uh, workers foundation, you know, just a week to, to, to try and do something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of the business, will, will people go back to restaurants? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, the people that supported me, helped me along the way, I'm going to be the first one at the door. Of um, course. If I have to wear a mask or sit six feet away from somebody at another table, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm not going to not uh, let them down. And of course. Well, I was I was having a discussion with a restaurateur uh, last week on the show, and he was saying that, you know, there was kind of this discussion regarding restaurants maybe having to limit table space, you know, kind of having to, instead of having tables that are intimate, a foot and a half, two feet apart, maybe having them six, seven feet apart now, restaurants essentially losing 40% of their square footage. So that's a future that is, you know, I guess, kind of real. What are your feelings on that? Well, I mean, I can tell you this, I, I live right down the street from a great restaurant called The Pheasant. Um, and it's a, you know, inside it's there, it's kind of close table. So he's already worked with the town and opened up an outdoor uh, dining space with picnic tables. Now, granted, it's going to be, you know, it's going to have to deal with the seasons, but he's like, Hey, people are going to come here, but they can sit at the picnic table here or there and still get the same dining experience. But that's his answer. And, um, I think you might see a lot of that in places that can do it. I think if, it, if, it, if you have the functionality, that that's the key aspect. You know, you have to kind of you have to go with what the, the market's going to demand. You know, I mean, they're is, uh... all they're all scrambling to survive, mm -hmm. um, and some won't, and that's going to be tragic. That's going to be tough. But uh, there are some people that are looking ahead, saying, "Okay, we can do this. Let's try. This. Let's maybe this is the gap." Maybe this is just the way we get through it. Uh, but that's just, you know, this young couple down the street that just opened their restaurant two years ago. And oh, here they are. Tough. 
And he's like, okay, we're going to put picnic tables outside. We, we'll give them fine dining. However way we got to do it. Because you got to keep the lights on, you know? It's like, what other option do you have, essentially? It's tough, you know? Well, the other option is turn the lights off forever. Yeah, true. That, that's, a, that's a very, very good point. Now, uh, kind of pivoting a bit from some, something a bit morbid to something a little bit, uh, a little bit more upbeat. Now, everyone I know has been all about Josh Wines. It's a favorite in their wine rack. I'm sure you've heard this a million times. Everyone loves the cab. Everyone, that's always the go-to, you know? Um, I love them all. They've all, been, they've all been terrific to me. Um, maybe too much sometimes. But, um, you know, what was your kind of, I know it was your father. That was always like kind of the pinnacle. That was the pivot point there. What was the inspiration uh, in addition to your father for starting the label? What made you want to start a wine label? Well, you know, I was, uh, I worked, you know, I was a sommelier for 10 years and then I worked for wineries all over the world for 10 years. And then one day my wife and I would sat down and, you know, we probably had three bottles of wine and, <laughs> and decided that, you know, the American dream was, um, was something with our name on it. And then that wasn't an ego thing. That was just, um, I've been doing it for so long and my wife believed in my dreams and, and um, I went out, I quit my job. I had this really great job <laughs> and uh, I quit my job and we refinanced our house and I went out to Napa Valley and Ted Edwards was this winemaker at Fremark Abbey who, um, who was a friend of mine and I told him what I wanted to do and he kept laughing and then <laughs> he's like, you're serious. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. And it, and it took a year and a half. And then I wound up going to um, a little winery, um, Tom Larson, who was a winemaker and a vineyard owner. You know, I had to move because corporate world changed Fremark Abbey. I had to, I had to leave and uh, wound up at Tom Larson's house. And Tom was the same thing. <laughs> He's kind of laughing at me like, is this really what you want to do? I'm like, I'm trying. Yeah, uh, and he let me sleep on his sofa. You know, I'd go out there. I was living in in upstate New York in Cape Cod, and I would go out every month, and I would sleep on. He had a guest house, and I slept on the sofa, and I made wine, and we sat in the kitchen. He talked about a label. We sat in the kitchen one day, Tom and I, and we talked about our dads, and both of our fathers had passed away about ten years before. Okay. Uh, they never saw us get to this place that we got to. And uh, we laughed and we cried. And, um, and Tom said, you know, you, sh you can make a wine outside of Napa Valley. I was like, okay. <laughs> he goes, and I'll help you. Just go get some money. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. Great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Easier I'll, said than done. <laughs> I'll just go to that whole money tree I got in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> take a few leaves off it, you know? <laughs> and I sat down with my wife that night and I told her what I was thinking about doing. And I went and got my, I had this envelope, which was my 401k and I put it on the supper table. I said, you know, I think, I think I can make this other wine, which turned out to be Josh and uh, Josh Sellers. And she looked at me like I was. Like, <laughs> Ted heads. <laughs> like, you been drinking? <laughs> You're darn right, I've been drinking. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I cashed in my 401k. And if you're trying to start a wine company, uh, don't do that. It's a good financial position. <laughs> Just don't do it. 
but I did, and um, we made a thousand cases of wine. Cabernet Sauvignon, and Dee and I sat down on the sofa again, and we decided to call it Josh Sullers, which was a, um, a tribute to my late father. Um, and it was a brand that was based on hard work, um, quality, and gratitude. Very nice. Very, I, I like how you summed it up in three words. That's always a key, you know, kind of kind of aspect of you know. Don't need to look any. I'd, I'd add one more word: joy. Joy. Very nice. Yeah, I'm sure it brings a lot. I know it's brought me. I'm sure thousands of other people a, a ton of joy. Now the brand aspect of this is so strong. It, Josh is such a strong brand. It has that kind of really hearty, authentic, organic feel to it. Was that? It sounds like that was always the idea since day one, more or less. No. Well, you know, there's so many crazy brands out there. I mean, people sit in these big rooms and, and have charts and bar graphs yep. and all that stuff. And I sat in the picnic table with my wife, sharing a laptop computer, looking at pictures of my father. And um, the label, um, the Josh label, that's based on my mother's handwriting. Oh, so okay. Everything was really just, you know, we... We just kind of opened our chest, uh, opened our shirt, and put our chest out there. We weren't trying to be anything other than that. And I never, like, when we started this, I first when we first started, I thought, "Wow, this is just an art brand." You know, yeah, yeah. Concept thing. I'm making wine in Napa Valley, and that's going to be the thing. And this will be an art project. And then. <laughs> And it, it turned into something much more obvious. Yeah, it, it, I, it was never, um, it was never intended for it to be that. It just, that just happened. It just, it just happened. And then everything kind of together. And um, I think people really liked it because they knew it was an authentic story. It was, an, it was um, you know, there was an authenticity to it. You didn't have to reach for it it's a very inviting a very inviting label very inviting brand you know i think this kind of leads you to my next question i'm sure you felt i'm sure there was obviously ups and downs but i'm sure you felt a reasonable amount of traction once everything kind of started moving now was there ever a moment where you're like oh man like we've made it like holy crap we're making wine you know was there ever any of those moments kind of uh kind of in in the climb to us where you are now you know i uh i would spend every weekend uh, sitting in a liquor store or a supermarket for a, almost four years. And I would sit, I would like be in the produce section <laughs> or I'd be like next to the cheese section. And I would just be like standing there pouring wine and, and, and talking about it and talking about my dad and my wife and, and how we did it. And I will tell you at that moment in the brand, that was the happiest I ever. I just couldn't believe it. And then I met uh, I met a guy. Uh, well, I met uh, three gentlemen: Bill and Peter Deutsch of Deutsch Family. Yep. And uh, Tom Stavansi. and they had had my wines, and they didn't know who I was, but they were, they were a good sized company. They were, you know, national company, and they. Um, they said, well, you know, we don't know who you are. We don't know how you're doing it. But boy, we really like it. And um, we're a family company. 
they, you know, they started, you know, Bill started this in his house and built it to something crazy big. And, and uh, he, he really liked family companies and they, they came on and they, they said, this is what's going to happen. I was like, yeah, right. This is <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's a great idea. I'm going to stay in my house for now, though. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my my hundred thousand mile truck. Yeah. Until something changes. Well, I mean, uh, you have been. Now, I don't know if this stat is accurate, but I, I think it's it's right close close to being on the money. You're one of the fastest wine brands to make it to a million cases, from since since inception. So I don't know if you do that. I'm sure you did, but yeah, we we are. Yeah, uh, like I said, Bill and Peter and Tom, they all um, they came to me and, and they they made a promise, and, and they made a huge investment, and I just you know D and I we sat supper table. And you have to understand, my company was my wife and myself, of course, uh, my daughter, and uh, Max. I mean, that was it. That was, that was the board. Yeah. <laughs> Or bootstrapping, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and they came, they, they kept making promises. And we were like, oh, yeah, okay. And they fulfilled it all. They fulfilled all those promises. And then, and then it reached, so you're asking where the change point was. Mm -hmm. It did reach a point where all of a sudden we looked at one another and went, oh, my goodness. And a, a friend of ours who was in the industry, his name is Chris Conrad, up in New Hampshire, he called me and he said, you, you realize you got a tiger by the tail. <laughs> like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doesn't sound great. Yeah. <laughs> I better get a leash. And then, um, you know, the great thing about it was when we became partners is they all shared the same values. Like, you can get, you can get business partners mm -hmm. that don't share the same – they might have the same vision, but they don't share the same values. They want to do things differently. And uh, all, we're all part of gratitude, getting to the next place, but never forgetting where we came from. And then taking the, the success of it all and finding the opportunity to get involved in communities, local, mm -hmm. then regional, and now national. And that was, that was an organic uh, journey, an, an organic experience. And, and that's the one thing, you know, I, I look back, oh, man, you know, we always did these things. Could we ever get to another level? And then all of a sudden, you know, we're selling 3 million cases of yep. wine in the United States and Canada, the Caribbean and Mexico. And we're about to be something pretty big. And those values have not changed and they're not going to change. They're just not. We're, I mean, we're involved with Operation Gratitude, which is big um, military um, endeavor that writes letters to men and women in the country. You know, we, were, we were involved with Denise doing um, smart homes for veterans. Um, you know, they're local guys food banks. It's all about being part of a community. It's being a follow-up. Yes. But can you take that success and, and do something else with it? 
And that's what I want to do. And that's what the Deutsch family and, and Tom and this team does. And that, that to me, I go to bed at night going, wow, that's better than anything. It, it sounds like you guys are so hyper-focused on the same kind of set of goals and understanding of, you know, humanity and that social aspect to it. I mean, you really couldn't have found a better team to team up with. That's, that's terrific. Absolutely. Uh, now, okay. So now, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of going through this journey, you know, kind of situation. I'm sure people approach you all the time kind of saying, go ahead. I'm going through some white wine. You keep the journey. <laughs> so now I'm sure people bump into you all the time, you know, and are kind of like, Hey, I'm trying to start my own label. I'm trying to start my own vineyard winery. What should I do? What's the advice? I know earlier you touched upon the fact that you're like, don't do it. Don't even think about thinking about it, you know, but if someone was to approach no. you and say, Hey, I have a no. chunk of change. How can I go about this? Well, you know, first off, the, a pizza's going to get delivered here soon. So <laughs> my you, dog right here. You do your thing. <laughs> my dog is going to attack that. But uh, my journey was such that, you know, I grew up in the restaurant business and I worked for wine. And then uh, I kind of had this dream. And um, I had this dream, but I didn't have uh, two things. I didn't have courage or conviction. I, I just didn't, you know. I, I, I had a safe job. I was safe. I was corporate, you know, vice president of a big company. And then 9-11 came along, and um, I changed my life. It changed everybody's life, but that day it changed my life. You know, a good friend of mine's wife was in the first plane and uh, I had friends in the tower and D and I, we mourned for a really long time. And, and at the time I was traveling all over the world, international wine company, I wasn't home. And we realized, I realized that creating a wine brand was something I, that I had to do. I, I, I didn't have a choice. I, I, I didn't have a choice. It was, it was not a choice. I, I had to do it because this is what I'd done my whole life. And life, I realized life was short and I wanted to work with my wife. Um, well, she was a bookkeeper and she, you know. <laughs> that helps. So, you know. <laughs> she was tough with my expenses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you, so you, you gained a lot of perspective uh, through that experience, you know, through the whole right. so, situation, things like I that. Had, had the industry experience from that point, but you can't rely on that. You, of course, you're starting. You're new. You gotta, you gotta do it. Um, I mean, the best thing you can have is um, I. I tell people, check your ego at the door. Find find the surround yourself with the best people you can, whether it's your winemaker. I mean, I work with some amazing winemakers. Uh, you know, Tom Larson, uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne Donaldson, who's our winemaker now. I mean, he's, he's incredible. Um, I worked with Aaron Pott. I worked with, uh, you know, Ted Edwards. And uh, you, 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 you get in a room with people like that. Yeah. I, I thought I knew a lot about wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get in a room with these guys. Yeah. And I learned to shut up, like, <laughs> shut up and listen. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So find, you know, surround yourself with the right people. Um, get a really good accountant. I mean, you know, my wife was a bookkeeper. She was an accountant and all that. But then we got to a place of growth where we had to find somebody more qualified. And, yeah. And when you think you can do it all, then you realize, well, hey, wait a minute. I can't do it all. I yeah. got to bring in people that I trust and people that are on the same uh, page with you. So, you know, I'm a negotiant, so I don't own winery. I don't own vineyards. I work inside a, a big facility. I mean, we're partners with them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the growers, the people that I buy grapes from, uh, I've, been, I've been working with them for 12 years. It's the same growers. Um, so you, you, you have to find the right partners. You have to be willing to work hard because, you know, it looks like a glamorous business. Yeah. <laughs> until, you, until you stand in a food lion for like two hours next to the apartment. Yeah. Or you go to a distributor and say, look, I need help. And they'll order wine and then they'll expect you to go out and sell it. Exactly. And, and the restaurateurs have always been supportive of me because they've been my champions. They, they, they knew where I came from and they were always, you know, amazingly supportive. So, you know, if you, but you know, if that's your dream, you gotta go do it. Very nice. Uh, I, I totally agree. You know, the level of self-awareness you had going through that process sounds, you know, unparalleled, which is awesome. And I think a lot of people, can learn from that, you know. I, I really do. Now, I know your pizza's on its way, and you're going to get ready to have some have some uh, dinner. And uh, we got four questions for you, kind of how you've been handling the quarantine. Uh, so we'll get right to it. What's the food or snack you've just been binging on? You've been eating. You've been chowing down on. You know, uh, chicken soup. I made. Uh, I roasted chicken on Monday. Yeah. And I roast chicken on Monday, and then I have chicken soup the next day. And then I have chicken tacos, yeah, enchiladas the day after that, and then I throw everything out. Using everything, yeah. Got I, it. Also, I also make uh, tomato sauce. My wife was Italian, so um, I make uh, I make uh, tomato sauce, you know, once a week or every other week. Usually, the Sunday tradition kind of thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, it was, it was for us. Yeah. Sorry. So, what's the drink? What's the, I mean, what are you what are you sipping on right now? What do you have in the What do you have in the glass? Well, this is pretty good. It's called Josh. <laughs> yeah, heard of it, maybe. <laughs> this is our uh, This is our uh, Sonoma Coast Reserve. Okay. Um, I love the label. It's blue and gold, and uh, it's a beautiful wine. The first Josh wines were made in Sonoma, and uh, I really like it. And um, but I, you know, I drink other wines, you know, I drink, uh, I drink Pinot Grigio's every now and then. And, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right on cue. I gotta go. Go do your thing. Joseph Carr, terrific gentleman. Thank you for stopping by. <laughs> A big thanks to Joseph Carr for joining us. You can check out the awesome wine label Josh at joshsellers.com and all your local wine retailers. Uh, and if you want to follow along with me, you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at the Adam Lopez. 
And if you don't mind, uh, download, rate, and subscribe. Thanks, guys.